0: Do you like nerdy things, comic book and fandom conventions, fantasy, sci-fi, or even just cool pop culture stuff? Then check out the new podcast, Dragon Con Survival Guide, now on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Each week, hosts and lifelong friends Gary and Taylor tell you how to do conventions right when they're not rambling about their favorite nerdy topics. Save money at cons to have more money to spend at cons. For more information, check out Dragon Con Survival Guide on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram
1: following episode of The Walking Dead podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free... No obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook and you'll be helping to support the Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead Podcast.
0: We always think there's going to be more time.
1: out. It's The Walking Dead Podcast.
0: Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a lot for it.
1: This is The Walking Dead Podcast. A podcast dedicated to The Walking Dead television show on AMC and The Walking Dead comic from Image Comics.
0: Come on, come on! Back here.
1: So sit back, relax, and join the herd. Welcome back to another episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott, and I am holding down the fort today. Mr. Gary was unable to be with us today. He's currently in North Florida working with the relief effort in the areas of our state affected by Hurricane Michael. It's obviously a great cause he's involved with, and we look forward to hearing about it when he gets back. So in this case today, I hope Gary and everyone else affected by the hurricane stay safe and get the help they need. Really proud of Gary for being involved with that, and I know that uh, he'll do a great job getting the help of the people who need it. Well, first, I wanted to apologize for not being able to get the main recap episode up last week. This unfortunately happens sometimes, and we always try to avoid it, but in this case, we were just unable to get it posted. It was recorded, and then we got into a situation where it wasn't possible to edit and post it until it was so late in the week that it was almost time for the new TV episode. So a decision was made to put it up with the Talking Points episode I'm including here in this episode. So for this one episode here, I will be doing a quick Talking Points episode for Season 9, Episode 3, Warning Signs, followed by the recap for Season 9, Episode 2, The Bridge. That's the portion that was already recorded before today, so that'll have Gary on it. Next week, after Gary gets back, we will do a full recap of episodes three and four so that the episode will include both of us. I talked about it with Gary before he left and thought that was the best way to proceed because it's always best when it's both of us. So we appreciate your patience and support of the show. And with that, we're going to get on to the show now. But first, the boilerplate. As always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcastgmail.com at or by posting a comment on our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash walking dead podcast. You can also give us a call on our voicemail line at 561-501-1483 and let us know what's on your walking dead mind. Again, that's 561-501-1483. All right, the legal department is now happy, so here's the talking points for Season 9, Episode 3, Warning Signs. For talking points, we normally dispense with most of the trappings of a regular episode, such as transition music, and the boilerplate, but because we have the larger recap as part of this one, I'm going to include it. So we'll take care of that part, and then we'll transition into the recap for the bridge, that part being the talking points. I repeat here that I remain cautiously optimistic about the direction of the show. I think the three episodes so far deal well with good internal conflict between the various parties on the victorious side of the war with the saviors, as well as the resentment of the saviors to being occupied. Both positions are understandable. I just don't care about what the saviors think. Jed and Justin, the two saviors that we focused on as antagonists in the last two episodes, were good examples of that sentiment, as well as what happens with the savior Arat, That's the female savior that the Oceana people had captured at the end. When we find out what happens to her and Justin, uh, you know, it it illustrated very effectively about how those lingering resentments can be, well, uh, very difficult to deal with. I also like that the writers haven't just forgotten about the final scene with Maggie and Daryl from season eight, where she says they're going to bide their time and deal with Negan properly and that she thinks Rick and Michonne were wrong for letting him live. A lot of times in shows like this, something that happened a while ago, like at the end of one season, just kind of gets glossed over and forgotten about. But I like the fact that they are continuing on with that and didn't just let it go. I think what I like about this the most is that it's completely new material that isn't in the source story. You often hear me talk about the source story compared with the TV story because I think it's interesting to compare. But in this case, the, this part isn't in the source story at all. In there, everyone is more or less interacting in a harmonious atmosphere. And the saviors, as far as the point I've read, aren't really involved at all. The sanctuary isn't really part of the community network of the kingdom, the, the hilltop in Alexandria. Here, they definitely aren't harmonious, and I think that is making some very good drama and storytelling so far. I've seen online and on Facebook that some people are comparing season nine to season two, and I guess that's probably accurate to a certain extent, but I think in that sense, getting back to a bit more simplicity in the conflict might make the story more relatable. Maybe I'm right, maybe I, I'm wrong, I don't know, I just, that's the way I see it at this point. I could and reserve the right to change my mind, so we'll see. Anyway, here are my talking points for episode three. I guess we should really call them questions. But uh, just points to consider. These will be questions I'll give my answers to. Everybody thinks about them. You can post them online if you, if you feel different and you want your answers included in the show. But here are my uh, questions and talking points for episode three. Number one, given what appears to be a breakdown in relations with the saviors, is it time to accept that the current structure of relations with them just isn't working? I understand why Rick and Michonne are reluctant to... Do that what I'm suggesting because then what's the alternative they cut off relations and then the Savior's regroup and they start acting like they did before maybe they rearm themselves or whatever or what do they do they exile them and then that makes it worse or they'd have to execute them I don't know what what the answer would be I know that if I lived in that world and I had suffered under them and lost what I'd lost with them. I probably would have been in no mood to let them live afterwards, but never having been in a situation like that, I really don't know what I would have done. In any case, I think that given the fact that they all left and they are all like building up their resentment towards being occupied, which is an understandable reaction. I think that there's going to be some very serious problems with them. And especially with Negan left alive, that's, their point of inspiration, I guess, is perhaps the belief that one day Negan will get free and they'll have their old life back. I don't know, but I think if it was anyone else, they would have probably considered that even though Negan would be a martyr to these people if he was dead, that in this case, martyrs are still very much dead. So at least it might be worth the trouble that you might get from the martyrdom thing to get Negan out of the picture. And then they can give up on that notion that he might come back and lead them to what they consider their salvation. I don't know. What do you think? Number two, a lot of resentment exists between the other communities and the sanctuary, as we just mentioned. It appears that Rick's master plan for the future did not factor that into the mix in a practical way. I remember him mentioning a little bit of it to I think it was Daryl or Rashon, I can't remember what he's talking about. He gets up now and then and just wants to kill these people, but he doesn't. What could possibly be done to address this problem? I mean, I think of the example of the post-apartheid government in South Africa, where there was a lot of questions as to whether the new government would imprison people who were involved in the apartheid government, but they had they had a Truth and Reconciliation Commission where they aired out all the grievances and got it all out in the in the public discourse. And there wasn't mass incarcerations or, and there wasn't a lot of revenge killings. And it seems to have worked, more or less. I'm not a expert on the focus of what's going on over there, but that seems to have alleviated the problem that existed from what happened during apartheid and the people who survived the oppression of it and, and then came to power after the apartheid government after the National Party fell. So I don't know that that would work in the zombie apocalypse, certainly. But I'm not really clear on what Rick could do other than just throw up his hands and realize that working with them was a failure and and try to make something of the other communities interaction but then have to understand what's he going to do with this the saviors in the sanctuary Clearly, they're going to try to retake their throne i don't know and finally is maggie and daryl's point of view on this the more practical to follow i think certainly in the short term it would appear that way but i don't think there's really a solution that will solve the problem I mean, one side killing everybody that lost would solve it in a way, but I do also appreciate Rick's point of view. Is that the type of civilization we wish to live in, where we just kill anybody that disagrees with us or kill people that we beat? I think there has to come some kind of midpoint where people can be held responsible. I mean, Maggie certainly, although she's conflicted about it, recognized that at least when she executed Gregory. And I think for her standpoint, executing Gregory and then executing Negan would be the appropriate step, particularly in the case with Negan, even though that a lot of that's fueled by personal revenge, personal desire for revenge because of Glenn. But on the other hand, with the Gregory execution, it does seem to have caused a number of problems with people being a little bit freaked out and not knowing what to make of it. So, I think it might seem to be practical, but in the end, it might just cause a whole new set of problems that haven't been foreseen. All right, well, that's my two cents, or in this case, three. So we'll now move on to the full recap for the bridge. But first, I wanted to read a listener response for that episode. This feedback comes from listener Chris Lawrence, who appears to live in the United Kingdom. So, Thank you, Chris, for writing in. We're, we're glad that you're a listener and, and appreciate you taking the time to to write our feedback. Chris says, I found this an improvement over episode one, where episode one had the scope was showing Washington, D.C. It felt a bit obvious and the death alert was flagged when the young boy started talking about his future. That, that's he's talking about on the way back. One guy started talking about future plans and then, of course, he dies. That's usually a dead giveaway. He's right. We've seen that many times. Uh, remember in The Hunt for Red October, Sam Neill's character is talking about when they defect to America, he wants to meet a woman who he travels around in an RV with, and of course, then he's the one that gets killed. Spoiler alert for a movie that came out in 1990, I think. He also found episode two was a stronger show as it had a more stronger plot and art. I'm wondering if the stolen saviors will become The whispers. And this is how they will be formed in the TV show. And we'll start picking off the good guys. Well, we have our answer to that. (laughs) So we know that in this case, it wasn't. Although I have to say they did a good job of kind of uh, faking us out by putting final warning on the side of that building where apparently the Oceania people used to live. I thought that was a pretty good fake out. I thought that was the whisperers put that up. But nope, it was the saviors. I wonder if they are being picked off by former members of the Saviors and an unseen lost character that will be leader of the Whispers. Well, we know that isn't the case. You know that it was other people. So, anyway, thank you, Chris, for your feedback. Obviously, this would have worked better if I'd been able to put this up with a recap episode for episode two last week. But I have to say that what you were saying about uh, them being picked off by the Whispers, that's what I was thinking. I thought it was the whispers took out Justin, but nope, it wasn't. So that's kind of interesting, too, because that means they haven't introduced the whispers yet. I'm very much looking forward to when that happens, because they're supposed to be so much worse than every big bad that they've met before. I've only read a little bit into that, but uh, it's supposed to be a really good story. All right, well, thank you again, Chris. Again, please uh, send in your comments and your feedback to our email address, at gmail.com or on the Facebook page. We will read it. Appreciate it, everyone who does. We also have the voicemail line, as we've mentioned. That's 561-501-1483. We do like to get those calls, and we do put them on the air. So please give us a call, and we'll be happy to include you in the show. All right, well, now we move on to the postponed main event a recap myself and gary of season nine episode two the bridge and gary will be back next week take care and i hope you enjoy the rest of the episode That was missing, Gary, from this the bridge is Diane Kruger. That would have been a nice addition.
0: <laughs> that would have.
1: Yes, you know who that is. He was the um. <laughs> no was idea. Her her name. Diane Kruger.
0: Thought I did. Go ahead, please. How about you tell me, and I'll decide if it's the right person I was thinking of.
1: <laughs> Diane Kruger was uh, if you saw Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Kruger played Helen of Troy.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I was totally thinking of the wrong person.
1: The the joke is that she was also one of the main characters on the FX show, The Bridge.
0: Oh, was she? (laughs) Yes. Very well done. The
1: crime drama, really good crime drama with um, Matthew Lillard as well.
0: Oh, I like Uh, that, dude.
1: uh, It focused on the the bridge between um, El Paso, Texas, and Juarez, Mexico. Mm. and a crime, crime activities across the border. It's based upon a, a European show about the bridge that goes between Denmark and Sweden.
0: Oh, okay. So, of course, I didn't know there was
1: a bridge that went between Denmark and Sweden, but what do I know? <laughs> but anyway, that was on two seasons. It's gone. Was it good? Ted Levine, if you remember him. Ted Levine, who played um, most prominently, well, in many things, Wild Wild West, mm. uh, Bloodbath McGrath and Wild Wild West. He played um, Buffalo Bill, the serial killer in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. He was younger.
0: Yeah.
1: And a wide variety of other. show Alan Shepard in um, uh, From Earth to the Moon. So, anyway, neither here nor there. Not to Sorry. ramble. I thought this was another good adaptation of several. See, I, I continued that thing where we mentioned one person and then go over everything they did. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's a Kevin Bacon thing. Yeah. This person was connected to Diane Kruger, who was connected because I made a comment about the bridge. And Six that's Degrees of Ke- Scott. Kevin Bacon. So another good adaptation of several issues of the source story was this episode. I thought we would see the new characters, but apparently they haven't reached that point. Nope. Obviously they haven't reached that point since we yeah. haven't seen them. <laughs> seen them. As usual, there were some things I didn't like. Should that surprise someone? No, especially, your me. With hate. especially me. Especially <laughs> 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 me. My dark heart is full of hate, yes. but there they were issues with specific character actions rather than plot or story, which is uh, more unique these days. I've had more of a problem with the story than the characters really before uh, in the last season, but I really like the, what they're doing with the story again. Yeah, So some of the things are just personal dislikes, but for simplicity's sake, today I thought we would return to our well-honed format of listing likes and dislikes to discuss the episode. Keeps it organized and minimizes rambling, which is a, I will admit, is a very serious affliction that I suffer from. (laughs) Gary just goes along for the ride. He's like, fuck it, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go with it. I'm going with it, dude.
0: I'm here. I'm going (laughs) with
1: it, dude. This guy just goes off on tangents. Yeah, I'm going to get a shirt that I heart tangents. <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? You got to listen to my show, man. You'll see. <laughs> so did you notice that Roy Harper gained weight? Anyway, <laughs> I think we've beat that to death. Probably. So not probably. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my first like I picked for was Daryl. Mm. Daryl's usually in the list. Yeah, I think I've only found one time when I didn't like Daryl and it was so unimportant I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> um, probably when uh, the first time he met uh, what's his guy? The, the Dwight. And Dwight mm. kind of got over on him when it was obvious that's what was going to happen.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So for the likes I picked for Daryl, he may ultimately be making things worse, but it's very easy to identify with why he feels the way he does. These people murdered his friends and tortured him. Other than Maggie Gary Other than Maggie I think he has the greatest justification To continue to hate these fucking people
0: Yeah Without any
1: chance Without any chance He'll move on from that (laughs) I know I probably Would hate them Just based on the fact That they made me listen to Easy Street Over (laughs) and over again
0: I can forgive the killing And the torturing And all the bullshit But but Easy Street (laughs) Fucking Annie
1: (laughs) Plus, the saviors were already really bad people, so they deserve to be treated like shit.
0: That's fair. More on
1: that in the dislikes. (laughs) In watching the season finale of season eight, I got to point something out because I made a mistake. Hmm. In watching the season finale of season eight, I watch a scene that I had forgotten about with Maggie, Jesus and Daryl at the very end where Maggie appears to be initiating a long term plot to eventually take care of her vendetta against Negan and the Saviors. Clearly, she's going to play the long game to get what she wants. I think her attitude with regard to the sanctuary is part of that. Yeah. The attitude she has now. In her mind, Rick and Michonne are wrong, as she states in the clip. And on the other stuff I forgot, Jadis actually did reveal that her name was Anne in that final scene with her and Morgan. at The end of the season finale, just before she leaves to go live in Alexandria. She says, You can call me Anne. So I don't know where Jadis came from. I'm interested to see what the etymological origin of that is.
0: Yeah. All Maybe right. We'll never touch on that. Probably not.
1: No. All right, Gary, and you?
0: Um, My favorite thing, actually, I don't know why it struck me so much, but I love when they do um, – symbolism is the right word, but kind of neat – Um, what would be the word for – not dichotomy um well you're
1: really pulling out the thesaurus there the dichotomy
0: <laughs> uh basically i like when they use uh i like when they use certain things in the episode to kind of mirror and frame each like other metaphor so, no uh, it's not quite <laughs> it's close but not where i'm going with it um analogous but, uh, too actually that's pretty good
1: Mm-hmm. No, I guess that's yeah, what I'm but, here for. you know I had to played I had to play blind charades oh, yeah? last week and the word that they gave me to describe to draw drought <laughs> <laughs> like at least it's not like on the Simpsons <laughs> where they gave the guy the word dignity <laughs> so now wow. from now on I'm gonna yell drought whenever we don't know what the word is anyway go ahead that's funny
0: <laughs> um but Bro- no uh <laughs> well, I liked <laughs> I liked the um the not only the framing they used with the uh Negan basement scene with Rick to kind of cap the episode on either end, but then kind of mirroring that they had Maggie going down into the jail cell to talk to Earl. Yes. And I thought it was really kinda neat because they actually they made a point to show Rick going down the steps into the darkness and Maggie doing the same thing. Um, and they both they actually, had, I
1: don't think they actually showed that.
0: They didn't. Act- oh, shit, sorry. It,
1: it, it was that he fell down the stairs like you just did. <laughs> now they, no, like, they, 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 you could hear him walking down the stairs.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. But, um, but they didn't they, show yeah. it. They didn't
1: show it. It was a drought for your eyes.
0: <laughs> well, well played. Well played. Um, okay. you tried uh but i like the uh just the kind of mirroring of that you know that uh they could have just had you know the scene with negan end capping that and they could have the scene with maggie in another episode or you know whatever but the way they kind of it seems like they intentionally do things like that per episode Mm -hmm. where they have like um an intentionally uh evocative kind of imagery in a scene And then they go back to it in a different scene in a slightly different way, but kind of keeping the the tone, I guess. Um, And I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really neat.
1: I'm sure there's a term for that. Um,
0: I was trying to reach for one and I could not find it. I'm pretty sure there is too, but uh, you know, whatever. I don't know what it is. So, but regardless, I liked the, uh, I liked the mirroring of that. And not only was the scene with Negan really cool and both the scenes were well acted and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it was really nice that to me, it kind of, it hit me even harder seeing both of them have that same kind of, you know, two leaders going down to talk to their jailer or their jailer, their jailed, They're uh, jailed, yeah. Citizen, you know, but it was neat. Yeah,
1: I agree. I thought it was a good touch. Yeah. I didn't really make the connection be- between Maggie also doing that. Taking that, I, I, I'm to probably, to that, but that was very good, and very insightful. that connection
0: a little bit, but you no, I
1: think it's I think it's a good comparison.
0: Yeah, I thought it was neat. It's a, uh, yeah,
1: I don't know what to call it, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. very good.
0: What was your next drought? I mean, uh, my morning. next drought? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's
1: a uh, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> that's very personal, Gary. I can't, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> my next one is Maggie. She ain't taking no shit off nobody. No, she then is not. Michonne, I don't blame her one bit, and I think she should have gone over and smacked Earl's wife and told her she can join her husband in a cell or she can <laughs> join Gregory if she wants to keep running her mouth.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Little Herschel got knocked around when Earl tried to kill Maggie. That said, I did like that Maggie connected with Earl's alcoholic story and her, as well as her father's. I think it makes Maggie a more well-rounded character and a good leader. I mean, she's she is, like you mentioned in the talking points, she did this, but she's also willing to evaluate. And yeah. I think she is, although she doesn't think she made the wrong decision, she does understand the larger implications of it. And she does, I think, on some level, morally wrestle with the fact that perhaps it was easier for her to do that than she ever thought it would. There's an interesting conversation that Tyrese has with Rick in the source story where he says he, I think they kind of adapted it to Abraham's backstory and the TV show, but Tyrese in the book is traveling with his daughter and her boyfriend. And he, um, at one point before they met Rick, they took up shelter with some other guy and Tyrese left to go scavenging or something. And when he came back, the guy was trying to rape his daughter. Yeah. And so he basically beat this guy to death. And he said, that's not what really freaked him out that he beat this guy to death, but that he didn't have a problem with it.
0: Yeah. And that's what's what right. More- they did adapt that into Abraham. Didn't they? Yeah. they, they, he he
1: found that it was he didn't feel bad about it afterwards, and that really shocked him. That really scared him that it was yeah. so for him to move to that place. And mm-hmm. I think, although they haven't said it, that's probably something of what Maggie is going through in her mind, and why, when she was watching uh, Earl's wife talk to him down in the cell, and why probably she let Earl's wife go see him, in addition to to Jesus talking her into it, was yeah. that she realizes it was very easy for me to just come down with a hammer on, uh, Gregory. And that kind of scares me that I was got there. Although Gregory deserved it. I don't feel bad that he's dead. I'm just kind of shocked that I don't feel bad.
0: Yeah, I could see that for sure.
1: Yeah. So, and you,
0: um, actually, I guess, uh, in the great tradition of these things, when I have a point that kind of relates to one of yours, I, uh, adjust my order a little bit to kind Mm -hmm. of make them fit together. Okay. Um, I really liked how Maggie came around at the end that yeah. even though she is still steadfast in her decision, um, she did consider and think about it and ask other people's opinion, but she still feels like she did the right thing with Gregory and I can't really fault her on that. No. Um, but I really like that they, um, that by the end she was willing to talk about, you know, what the society is going to mean. She's willing to instill rules. She's willing to hear um, uh, Michonne out and pr- progress with them instead of just separating and doing her own thing, like it looked like she was trying to do. And um, that she even decided to be a team player and send food out when she said she wasn't going to. And yeah, I
1: there's um, a there's a scene in the next episode where you can see how she might come to have regretted doing that.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, uh, these things usually don't go uh... well. She encounters some
1: saviors that are out looking for Justin, mm. and they're complete dicks. And there's like six of them to her and one other person. Mm. And so there's there's implied threats there. It's only a you know a minute or two clip, but
0: yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, I, I knew there would be some consequences yeah. to that decision later on but I still thought it was really cool that you know even though she feels like she did the right thing she didn't just stay in hard ass I'm on right. my own I'm I'm the leader here you know I'll cooperate but you got to give me something too and Exactly. You know she was she was very combative kind of um in the first episode but in the second episode she had some time to process what happened and what she did and think a little yeah. more clearly and She was willing to give a little bit, and I I thought that was really cool to see.
1: Yep, I agree with you completely. All right, the next one, three, is I like the narrative. And Mm. by this, I mean I like that what we saw was actually Rick relating this to Negan. I was a little confused at first when he said we're on day 35. Mm-hmm. Because it sounded like he was saying it was only 35 days after they defeated Negan. But no, what he was talking about is they're 35 days into fixing that bridge. Yeah. And they've been at it for a month. And I just liked the whole thing where what we watched was actually him relating the story to Negan. And I thought that was a really good dramatic device. It was. I I thought it was. It really highlighted the entire. I mean, really encapsulated is more the word. uh, The entire tension that's rising and the existential threat that Negan still poses yeah that he's he's been defeated he's had his empire taken away from him he's been thrown in a jail cell he can't get out of there but at the end of the day he's like you're just setting up things for me
0: what a great line
1: yes excellently delivered by Jeffrey Dean Morgan
0: I'm so happy they kept him on the show like yes that delivery there, like the rest of the episode, you know, when we did see Negan a little bit and he actually interacted with Rick somewhat, you could tell he was just kind of tired and defeated, and he'd just been sitting there and you know just kind of you know quiet and simple answers, but then, by the end, that delivery, and just like you're just setting it all up for me uh, you I know? Love, like so uh, yeah. great,
1: I love the thing where he says, "Are you doing this for Carl?"
0: Yeah, and you could see it in Rick's face, Rick was like, like. "Oh."
1: Your your whole family's dead. My family's dead, and you're doing what now? <laughs> you're building for what? So, yeah, I think he forgets. Rick has another kid that yeah. he stole from Shane, but he has another kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. So it's not like he doesn't have family left. I mean, his wife has been dead for a long time, but she was dead to the viewers long before that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so all right. And uh, I, I like that they, sh- again, they show Negan plotting this comeback, which I understand is a very prominent part of the story going forward. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they've got that. And it was a wonderful way to kick that off.
0: Yeah, I agree. And
1: it's just like, it's, he, it's a powerful scene for him. And he's only in, you only see him for just like 20 seconds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't really see his face until then. You don't even know. You, you probably figure out, unless you're just not clear on what's going on, you probably understand that's who Rick is talking to. Yeah. And so when he speaks, and then they show him, but he's in the shadows, just when he sees the way they showed his face, kind of half covered in shadow, and it's for 20 seconds or something like that. It was really powerful.
0: i I'm still here. Too- just made me feel like the comic. Yep. Just that kind of shadowy half face with that, that shitty grin, that huge smile, just like, you right. know, like I'm still winning in his mind. He's still winning, you know, yeah, like
1: this is just a, this is a pause while you a, are. Yeah. Deluded, and really at the end, you're going to be under my boot again one day.
0: Yeah.
1: I would point out that it's interesting how they changed his appearance because mm. in the book, Negan has like a big beard and long hair.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Been
1: stuck in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so very cool. Okay, you. Um, my actual it wasn't going to be so far up the list, but uh, I really like that Carol actually is giving the Ezekiel thing a chance. hmm It seemed like she was kind of shutting him down and putting it off, even though she said that wasn't what she was doing. It really kind of came off that way. Um, yep. But when they had that happy moment where everybody's by the campfire at the end, it was nice mm-hmm. to see that, you know, even though she's still doing it on her own terms, um, it was nice yeah. that she took the ring and it was giving him a chance. I thought that was really cool.
1: I thought that was good too. And that is actually my number four. I think that whole thing with her and Ezekiel is just nice. Yeah. It's good to see her find a man that will treat her right. And obviously he, he clearly adores her. And, uh, and um, I, think he, I think he liked her right away.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that was definitely cool. Yeah, I mean that, that gives more that gives more weight to Kari Payton's response when they when uh Chris Hardwick asked him on the Talking Dead. Um, I don't know if it was last season or wh- whatever season where she frits she meets Ezekiel and then she goes and lives by herself in that mm-hmm.
0: cabin. Yeah. Why
1: did he go to see her and Kari Payton goes, He was trying to get laid.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think it's really cool though, kind of touching on both the Carol thing and the Maggie stuff earlier this episode, they're really, it feels like to me, and maybe it's just because this is kind of a rebirth season and because we're losing some of our biggest characters this season. It's really cool. They they feel, it feels like they're making more of an effort to make references to characters that are gone and events that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maggie touching on her father being a drunk which they touched on when he was actually on the show you know with that bar scene with those criminals and whatnot yeah um and uh the stuff with carol last episode talking about you know her abusive past with her husband and how it's nice to have someone that's actually just good and wants to be with her um
1: yeah yeah it'll take someone corny
0: yeah um it's really cool to see and you know still both these first two episodes mentioning carl um or referencing him at least i don't think they mentioned him in the first one but they had the judith painting the picture with you know carl with the eye patch Uh i think it's really cool that they they, they really seem to be yeah they're following the continuity and they're being reverential to the characters we've lost and the stuff that happened and even just as characters they yeah. would naturally be reminded of things that happened to them in the past and the past traumas they had even before this world.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah,
0: it's, it's really cool that they're keeping, you know, putting those touches in there. They don't have to, they could have the same story and basically the same effect without them, but it's yeah. really cool that they're doing that.
1: I agree with you. Yeah. All right. Um, poor Tobin though. <laughs> Looks like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No one's going to reference Tobin anytime soon. <laughs>
1: I can't remember if he's, I think he's dead too. So. I don't remember. I think,
0: didn't he have like some sort of hero moment?
1: I think so. Um, yeah. I, I
0: don't think. really remember. I mean, having
1: was, having failed to win his lady love, he sacrificed himself.
0: Yeah, yes. he was almost as forgettable as the pirate squad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Except they had Alicia debnam carry so. That,
0: True. That, True. The that redeeming
1: games. value was yeah. her presence in the scene. Yeah. So. Gotta give you that. Yeah. All right. What I didn't like. Rick and Michonne. <laughs> Okay, dudes, put the fucking Kool-Aid down, please. We just had our lunch. (laughs) Although, you know, I mean, come on. I I get it. You want a better future, and I understand what you're doing, and you're trying to convince people with reason. But, I mean, Daryl's instincts are not something that we should take lightly. He sees cause for concern, and it isn't just based on him hating the saviors. He mentioned some other things that are really important. And I realize, you know, I I don't think, Mm -hmm. I think Rick is being slow to realize there's tension there uh, that he thinks he can just work through by talking. And sometimes you can't, and he needs to, he needs to really get into some strategic planning there.
0: Especially when you think in the timeline of this show, it's been a month since the first episode. And even then this community had been started for a little while now. So they've had time to kind of, Settle into their roles and come down a little bit from their high horse. Right. And, and he's got, he's, 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 you
1: know, yeah, I mean, he had, unless he's just deluded. And I think he is a little bit. He has to realize, yes, there would be a lot of animosity from the people that they beat. I mean, not so much from the people that worked in the sanctuary, yeah. but the saviors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The thing is, is not all the people in there that were doing all the work that are the problem. It was the saviors, the yeah. soldier Negan's soldiers. They're like, most of them apparently they're like resigned to their fate, but they aren't a lot of them. I mean, as they show a lot of them just walked off the job site and said, fuck it. Yeah. You know, and then they've got Justin who's clearly a constant problem. Well, unless he's dead, (laughs) uh, we don't know, but I did like, I really liked, um, I liked the fact that, that, um, Daryl decided to beat his ass. um, I thought Rick's response when when uh, when Zach says you when uh, Justin says you need to keep your bitch on a leash or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if I ever see you again, (laughs) I don't like what I do to you or something. I thought that was great. You know, I wouldn't stay if you begged me. Okay. Sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah. Right. Real loss there. Yeah. Um, Between that interaction, though, with uh, that that one with Rick there. And mm-hmm. also the end scene with the unknown assailant of Justin yeah. he saw whatever. some
1: he cl- clearly saw someone that he recognized.:
0: Yeah. so what and, does that mean? was at least grabbed, potentially killed? you know, who knows what that was really? Um, but it makes me wonder when they've made a point to mention that several savers have just up and left. Yeah. I wonder if some of that was things like with what we saw with Rick, where someone was causing problems or had some lip and Rick just quietly like pulled them aside and said, get out. Or
1: no, if maybe
0: I... this other entity, whoever this is, uh, is taking them, whether they fully left uh, or not. You
1: know what? I don't, I don't think so.
0: I don't know. I'm just, it, my mind yeah, is wandering. Unless, don't they, really know. Yeah.
1: Right, unless they completely changed it. I think they did walk off and they've just been picked off by the new adversary. Mm. Could by be. the same ones that got uh, Zach. I mean, not yeah. Zach, uh, Justin. Uh, I think they actually did leave, but I think that it's very possible. The person that Justin saw was dead and he was just, he was propped up to make it look like he was alive. Mm-hmm. And that the noise that just that Justin heard was the other ones trying to dis- lure him in, so they could grab him.
0: Going with that idea, do you have an idea of who it would be that? Well, oh, I,
1: I know. Oh, I don't know which savior it would be. It doesn't really matter. It's just somebody. Oh, you think
0: it was just a random savior? He it recognizes. was just
1: somebody that he knew.
0: Oh, okay. So not like a big important character. That no, we don't know.
1: they oh, okay. and or or. Huh. I hesitate to say because it kind of will spoil and we haven't done, I have been reluctant to do any more comic recaps for this reason, but it's possible. It's possible that it looked like somebody he knew and they don't, and it's not really the person he just thought it was. And it's kind of dark. Yeah. It was designed to lure him in so they could grab him.
0: Interesting. The other thing is oh, yeah. the
1: other thing is there's a scene in the book that they didn't do on the oh, show yeah. because it would have been completely contrary to the character that they've expressed of for Rick is that Rick encounters a guard that's not doing his job when he and Carl are on their way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, like the walker walks up on him or something, and the guard is late the patrolman is late getting there or something, oh. and Rick, like, beats him Oh uh, yeah. He said you're not doing your job and like start smacking him with his cane. Wow. And I remember when I, when the dead cast covered this, you know, five years ago, and um, they're talking about is Rick a bad guy now, which is when they do shit like that, that's why I don't listen to that show anymore. Yeah. But it, Rick is a little, in this case, he's sort of, and the celebrity thing is a lot bigger. They, they joked about it in the first episode, but it's much more prominent in uh, the comic, particularly Mm. with new people. But he beats on this guy. (laughs) You're not doing your fucking job. Whack, 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 whack. You're lucky to have this job.
0: You want to put you somewhere else? And you, Gary? My first negative actually kind of goes, I don't know. I can't really tell if it's a negative yet, but it's interesting to me. The whole thing with Anne and Gabriel,
1: Hmm. It's like I don't you're know if it's a my, negative. It's like you're reading my mind. Go on.
0: <laughs> um, I don't really. I, I can't even work through how I think about it yet. It's just weird to me. I
1: um,
0: can. Well, then how about you? Uh, you All continue right. on your point, and I'll fill it in. All right. I, I'm still <laughs> just processing. I'm like, this is weird. Like I just. Yes,
1: uh, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is my number two dislike: the Gabriel Jadis thingy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not feeling. I'm just, it kind of makes me nauseous. I don't know something about it. I find entirely manipulative and creepy. Impressive is I just don't trust this woman, and she's, she's, um, you know, playing on this guy who's impressionable and naive, and you know, misses his. Right now, he's missing his woman, who's Mm. the organist. He clearly had an affair with her. Yeah, misses her. And so she's been hanging around with him a lot. and She's making the moves on him because she probably wants to get laid too.
0: Yeah. She
1: makes that comment when they have their little subterfuge. Um, She says to Michonne, I lay with him after.
0: (laughs) Refer to Rick. (laughs) Yeah.
1: um, In her Jar Jar Binks lingo. But I'm sorry. I just, it's just, that's why I call it the Jadis and Gabriel thingy that's kind of how
0: i feel about it too like i feel like she's she's she has a little bit of um not survivor's guilt but like like a little like this guy helped me out but then at the same time it comes off very manipulative yes of
1: course everything she does comes off manipulative
0: yeah and i was starting to think like especially from the last episode we didn't see much of her maybe she's just a you know, trying to turn over a new leaf and just be a normal person. Yeah, now no, uh, I not don't anymore. think
1: so. I don't, you know, don't think so. Nope. It's uh, like the hat. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I, I hope for Gabriel's sake, at least anyway, that it's like I don't some know. Sort of legit attention, but it, it comes off really manipulative and kind of yeah. creepy. And I don't, I don't like it.
1: I did think it was cool at the end there after she, uh, she lay with him um, <laughs> that she's up on the crane doing her watch yeah and she sees the helicopter in the distance mm. did you notice that
0: i did yeah. yeah
1: i thought that was cool that's obviously another element we're gonna see soon
0: yes i've been excited i've been waiting for that because they they teased it last season so you knew yeah. they were gonna get to it in the that, early on
1: that's clearly um i don't remember what her character's name was billy or whatever that's georgie. clearly georgie that's yeah. clearly georgie's people in my view and um, i find
0: cool. it interesting too they mentioned i think it was in this episode with a. Uh, uh something about maggie if she's ready to fully cooperate with georgie yet and she's like no i i you know i don't really feel comfortable or however she said it and <laughs> i think was it was it michonne or jesus one of them said well she sure has a lot of records by now <laughs> oh you know what i
1: just didn't really i did not compute that
0: it was a quick exchange but i know there was i remember about, the
1: records i remember yeah. the records part but i'm like i don't even i don't remember that i was probably doing something else while i was I don't, Plus, I
0: mean, they didn't, they didn't make it super obvious what they were talking about. And we only yeah. met that character once, so it's not like, yeah. you know, they were really making a huge deal about it. But I thought it was really funny. They were like, are you ready to work with her yet? And she's like, eh, not really. And she's like, well, she sure has a big record collection by now. Yeah. You know, I thought that was really funny.
1: I agree, I agree. Hmm. All right, well, number three, Earl's wife. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, you idiot. <laughs> shut up grace <laughs> you drove him to dry you drove him to try and kill maggie and you're bitching because maggie threw him in a cell instead of having him executed you're an ass bag mrs earl you're lucky <laughs> he's not swinging by a tree and then you really would have no one
0: i keep thinking of her have you ever seen the show grace under fire it was like a uh, 90s yes, uh, I remember what's sitcom that, kind of thing and she was a single mom it's it's right. that that lady um and and i actually uh there's oh, this that work.
1: actress that's the actress yeah
0: there's I a thought, local access yes. channel
1: i thought right. to myself where the hell have i seen her before? <laughs>
0: she's that's been brett, in stuff but
1: Brett. what's yeah. her name brett uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Butler? um Bro- butler is it brett butler yeah something like yeah. that yeah um okay i didn't realize that was her yeah, and I've seen reruns of that show on TV yeah. recently, so it's funny because now I just I see her every time. Uh,
1: I, I remember it's not only that she's a single mom, but she's um, her husband was a, her dead husband was abusive. Yeah, I remember a scene there where she's talking to her mother-in-law, and her mother-in-law says, "I, you know, I get got on him about not beating you as much." She's yeah. <laughs> like, "Oh, well, thanks."
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah,
1: I remember that got canceled because she had some personal problems
0: oh Very i didn't cool. actually know yeah but yeah um anyways i just i keep seeing I her as that her. was her okay yeah that makes sense but I, I did i even though like i think she's kind of annoying and obnoxious I, I do love the uh whole like all right well i'm gonna sit right here and you go tell maggie that i'm just gonna wait because this is all up. i have to do
1: i'd have come up there <laughs> i got a place where you can sit <laughs> <In> that tree <laughs> you can sit i would say you can sit outside you wanna play that shit?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's
1: funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She's really kind of I, I haven't liked her ever since we first saw her. But no. um at least then you could you, you they keep giving you reasons to give her a little bit of credit because like her kid just died and then yeah, her husband wants- just got to, locked up.
1: You want to, but you know, the fact that she immediately went to the place where it was Maggie's fault that he died. Okay. Yeah. In her grief, I understand that, but calm down, and then you'll see it wasn't that way. All right, and then the last uh, dislike this week is um, pity for the saviors. Hmm. My phrase is two words. Fuck them. I'm with you on that. They're lucky I'm not Rick because I would have either executed all of them or exiled them without any equipment or weapons. Hmm. Probably the second one, so it yeah. was more, more miserable because they were just fucking terrible people. And now we can talk about how they might have been coerced and whatever else, but, you know, I just... There's an obvious difference. many of them seem to like it.
0: That's what I was going to say. There's an obvious difference between the workers and even some of the soldiers that you can tell were just there because they had to be or because they were threatened or coerced. And there's some that just, they're maniacal, just like, Negan are even worse than Negan. You know, they just wanted
1: to be there. Right, and they just were into it. And Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I don't have any sympathy for them, you know. I'm not talking about, again, we're not talking about the workers in there. Yeah. I'm talking about Negan soldiers. Fuck them, they can just take it. If they can't take it, then they're free to go make their life somewhere else. But they're not staying in the sanctuary. Because that's a prize of war, baby. (laughs) And the people in there are not the bad people. They're trying to make this work. It's you assholes that got displaced off your high position. So the hell with all of you. And so, I mean, I don't have any, these, this constant reference, like the one guy, I don't remember what his name was. He was one of the ones they captured. Morgan wanted to kill all of them, but Jesus stopped it. And then he was at the, he was at the hilltop and he eventually, uh, Maggie uh, trusted him a little bit. Yeah. Now he's kind of with them in the hilltop. Um, that whole thing where he basically compares Rick, he says, Rick is acting like Negan, uh, because the saviors are complaining. They're the only ones at the work site that don't have guns. Yeah. He said, well, we'll protect them. And he goes, Oh, you're making us work and you'll protect us. Who does that sound like? I would have been like, why don't you shut the fuck up? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Am I walking around bashing in people's heads with a baseball bat and doing all kinds of other stuff? And I got a little harem in my room upstairs. Yeah. Fuck ironing
0: you. people's faces just because they made me angry or yeah I,
1: do i put an iron on somebody's face right because you know i don't know because i feel like it <laughs> you know what fuck you i would have told him go back to the hilltop you're a fucking idiot yeah I'd say, by the way aren't you don't you feel like you're a little lucky you're still alive
0: i'm with Before you on that you if i would have stick and run it through your neck you prick if i remembered that guy he would have been on my negative list i totally forgot about that guy fuck that yeah. guy He's a fuckstick like
1: Chris. Yeah, exactly. Like, cut your whining, you fucking Trump-ass asshole. (laughs) Whining all the time. Trump-ass asshole.
0: Yeah. Good one.
1: That is our discussion portion of the show. And now we move on to listener feedback. Take it
0: away, Gary. Uh, so I did something a little different this week. I have a bunch of random Walking Dead swag and prizes that have been given to us throughout the years and some that I've just picked up myself when I had time or reason. Um, so I figured, you know what? We have a prize bunker full of prizes. Why not give away a prize to a random comment or a question or topic that someone gives us on the premiere episode on our Facebook? So I had quite a few comments and I thought it was pretty neat. Uh, some of them were just as simple as Negan, I want him dead From Lance I thought that was pretty funny um, Paul said, Maggie's evil side I like it, thumbs up <laughs> thought that was pretty good um, <laughs> One uh, I think will be close to our hearts, Scott Lisa said, Gregory was a hoot But I'm glad he's finally gone That being said, Xander Berkeley, awesome job Clap, clap, clap Okay <laughs>
1: you die well
0: each week though like we loved xander berkeley so he's kind of one that i'll hate to miss because like he was a shitty character as a character like as far as like being a bad person but i loved seeing him on the screen rhetorical yeah (laughs) she threw that in there too rhetorical um yeah it was great i'm gonna miss him he will be missed um (laughs) a funny comment from leslie I'm not sure how much time has passed because Rick looks old and Judith is about five. It is kind of
1: nebulous (laughs) there. (laughs) Let's do the time warp. Yeah. Um, It's only supposed to be a year and a half after. Yeah. It's like supposed to be 18 months after, Hmm. but you know, they are deliberately vague on the timeline, so they're not kept down to it. True. They, somebody already invented stardate, so they had to go with something
0: else. (laughs) I guess so. Um, our good friend Jason Riddle said, I wanted to see Negan, my favorite character, but I thought the episode was a good jump for us to see where everyone is and how things are going. Knowing how everyone, quote unquote, the main character, sorry, quote unquote, uh, parentheses, the main characters, feels about how things are going, gives us a sense of how things will play out. Kind of a neat little thought there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert says, why don't they raid the weapons and everyone carry a sword or crossbow? The basement of the Smithsonian must be full. Good point.
1: All right. Let's not get bogged down in details.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a fair point, though. Like, I mean, you know, they're still oh, using guns know, and crafting bullets and stuff. Like, you
1: know what? I would have gone to the Air and Space Museum if you want stuff, because they've got like fighter jets and bombers in there. <laughs> so you just have to figure out how to get one off from the chains that are <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. Of course, <laughs> one of them might be like a Decepticon, so you know. Yeah,
0: go. never know. Just imagine Negan having a bomber, though. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. We! <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck! <laughs> and uh, Xander said, thoughts on what's going to happen... Xander? Oh, he's asking us a question. Xander? Yes, not Berkeley, though. Uh damn. Uh, <laughs> he said, uh, thoughts on what's going to happen to the different groups trying to work in harmony, but we all know it isn't going to work. No. When no, it goes
1: not. to shit, Rick, and it will...
0: But, um... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it plays out, because mm-hmm. there is a very uneasy alliance of all these groups right now, um, yep. and they're working together for the time being and participating, but, you know, I'm sure it's not going to last for long.
1: Nope, probably not. Yeah.
0: Probably not. So, anyways, guys, um, for those of you that did submit entry, and there's a few other here that, like, I made a point to say, give us a random question, comment, or something about this episode. Mike just said, random. That's all he yeah. said. Uh, he went yeah.
1: creativity,
0: <laughs> right uh someone just said 42 you know, answer to universe like okay cool um what? and then uh <laughs> joey said something about uh how can we never see them using the bathroom <laughs> okay <laughs> uh so right. yeah that's great that's job okay. everybody that, yeah what
1: yeah that's the same thing they said about star trek yeah, Where is right? the bathroom on the Enterprise? And they, sh- they showed a, one of the diagrams, a schematic that they sold, uh-huh. that there's one bathroom, and it's like wow. right behind the bridge.
0: <laughs> Damn.
1: For all 500 people.
0: That's a busy bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, guys, I will, uh, as I said, I'll announce the winner on our Facebook um, probably sometime today, but I might wait till this episode goes up just so we have the uh, comments out there. But – Thanks everybody for participating. I'm going to do stuff like this a little more often because we have plenty of prizes and uh, it's kind of a fun way to get interaction and you guys get something out of it. So thanks mm-hmm. for participating, everybody. Thank you. Yes. Yes.
1: All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show for this week. Remember to leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at TWDPodcast at com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page. You know where that is? Facebook. Instagram. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> you can, Yes. The Oh, the the evil Troika. <laughs> and you can also give us a call on our voicemail line at 561-501-1483. Anyway, there's never been a better time to be... A nerd! Exactly. So, Gary, a city, please?
0: <laughs> um, damn it. Uh, Tavares. What? Tavares, Florida. Where is that? I don't know. I've seen it before.
1: Okay. So stay safe, Tavares. Isn't that like the Russian word for friend? No, that's Tavares. I'm sorry. It's, it
0: sounds close, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, stay safe if you live in Tavares. And uh,
0: if not, if you're, you're, you're
1: Tavares and you like Lavoris. <laughs> I like Lavoris. Have you ever had Lavores?
0: I haven't. It's what a is cin- it?
1: Cinnamon mouthwash.
0: Ooh. It's
1: red. <laughs> It's like in the movie Running Scared, Billy Crystal finds that his ex-wife is getting married to a dentist. She goes, he says, I bet his favorite flavor is (laughs) Lavois. That's funny. Context. Anyway. (laughs) All right. We'll see you back here for our next episode. Hike.